consciousness has shifted to a higher wisdom and we ain't gonna be victims of this system we won't be prisoners this is the resistance Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. I'm just changing some levels. I realize that's a little loud for some of you guys. Okay, I've changed up all the audio. Hopefully it's gonna work. Uh, we're gonna go through an important topic tonight. Some of you may have seen this video right here of a Colorado pharmacist. Uh, I think I would say reaching her breaking point. I wanna play you this video. And that's it. It was pretty short. Now, I can imagine uh, some of the people in line like, does this mean we're not going to be able to get the shot today? <laughs> well, uh, we are very fortunate here to have Nicole joining us. She's the one in that video that you just watched. And welcome to the show, Nicole. I'm so glad you've decided to come on and uh, chat with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a real honor. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit horrified that that, picture, that, that video is out there because <laughs> just please understand it was not a, a staged moment or my where yep. my hair was all yellow and no makeup, you know. Yeah. So there's proof that it was not a staged event. <laughs> okay. The adrenaline gets flowing, and uh, let me check. Let me just check in with chat here and make sure our audio is good. No nope, echo on the guest voice. Hold on. Uh, how, that should have fixed it right there. So what I'd like, yeah, that's the thing. You kind of, it happens in the heat of the moment. You're like, that's it. I can't do this anymore. You want to say something. I had a similar experience where I think it was back in 2006. My neighbor's like, hey, you want to go vote? And I'm like, sure. And I walked in and told him about paper ballots. We use paper ballots. Uh, and um, I started talking to people in line about paper ballots because they were using the die bulb machines. And I'm like, these things are easy to cheat. There's, it's a company that's, you know, there's all this shady stuff around them and so on. And the, the poor poll worker, like this 80 year old later lady grabbed my arm. And she's like, sir, you got to stop telling people about the paper ballots. We're going to run out and it'll take hours to get more. <laughs> and on my way out, there was a line of like 40 people waiting to go in and vote. And I, stopped and I said excuse me can I have your attention and then I told him about the Diebold machines and the paper ballots and then we left so it's it's the same thing you know it's spur of the moment it never comes out perfect but uh you stepped up and finally reached a point where I guess what you just couldn't do it anymore I mean talk about what happened around there 
I've been in my pharmacy since then because I've been arguing basically with my corporate bosses. Um, so let's flip back a little bit, but that was not the actual day that I said enough. Uh, so when all of this COVID stuff happened, I, you know, I can really understand how a lot of healthcare providers have really bought into this vaccine. I, or vaccine, I don't call it that myself, but um, I understand why there's such a push even amongst the health professionals, because of course we all know that we operate, do things that we normally wouldn't when we have fear in our hearts, right? right? So they're the ones working out there. We're seeing patients and seeing patients that are on vents. We're seeing the patients that are dying. We're seeing the numbers on CNN and all those places. I personally am seeing um, patients who have coughs and have had coughs for weeks. I personally got COVID around that time. In fact, it was well before they said it was in our country. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I, I understand that COVID is definitely something that we don't want. So, you know, when the masks rolled out and this distancing and, and the shade in the, you know, the, the shields and everything in the retail place, when all of that was going on, I was pretty much going along with the flow because we didn't really know that much. We knew what, mm -hmm. what they wanted us to know. And so I think the big flag came to me for our shipment of, it was Moderna at the time, our first COVID uh, shots. And the, co and the Moderna, uh, actually uh, it was another pharmacy that had given us some. So it wasn't in the original box, didn't have the package insert, didn't whatever. And so we started going out or we started getting the request for all of these, these vaccines. And our pharmacy actually did a tremendous number of vaccines in general. I mean, it was a while there, I was known as the vaccine queen. So, um, so people expected to be able to come in and get their shots. Well, the first round of people who were, who were really vaccinated were the elderly and many of them were in assisted livings and nursing homes. And we started to see, we started to see within days, patients were dying. Um, I know in that, in that initial time, I saw of 12 patients that died from the shot. Um, unfortunately, many of those are not the, they didn't have physicians saying, yes, it was the shot that did it. They, yeah. in fact, very rare would I get someone to make that association. So, um, but you see a dozen of them. Um, I had a close friend that had passed away. Um, you know, she would have been first in line for that shot and, and, uh, and she's no longer with us. So um, there were just these, all of this was just coming into light. At the same time, I have patients coming in um, a bit later, and they have been hospitalized for strokes, for pulmonary embolisms, for heart attacks, mm -hmm. and they're put on Eliquis or Xarelto, all, you know, all those blood thinners that are the 
enough, Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer have access and have money coming in. Uh, and so I started seeing that, but much more than than normal, much more. And patients' own experiences were were really hitting me pretty hard in the face at this point with truth. I had many go ahead. Uh, well I was gonna say that so you're well, I mean, I've got so many questions, but I kind of want to let you go as well. But like you're giving these injections and I mean, are people dying right there? Are you witnessing that or is it happening yeah. a couple of days later and you hear about it? Or yeah, yeah, and that's that's a great question because I was I was praying the entire time. Please don't have someone anaphylax on me. Please don't have some serious problem on me because we started to hear about those cases already. Uh, so I'm I'm grateful that I didn't have that experience in the moment um, because I, I literally would pray every morning going to work that there would be no drama in my pharmacy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it was a few days or patients would call me. I had at least 20 patients that would call me and say, I am feeling really bad from this shot and I don't want to, I don't want to take a second one. And they would say, you know, do you really think I have to? And I would say, absolutely not. Do not take it. In yeah. fact, you, there is no timeline on this. Do not, no, wait for more studies to be done. Wait for wait for more information. Don't take this. I'd have patients call me who had cancer, who were going through chemotherapy. And I had other patients that um, had kidney disease and, and a lady who had one kidney um, and asking me about the shot. I'm like, no, no animals have survived this. I mean, it, it, really, literally, I mean it. And some took heed, but most would go to their, to their doctor and their specialist, and the patients all came back demanding the shot. Well, yeah. what do you do with that? What do you do with that? It, it, you're between a rock and a hard place, really, because you can't put yourself in a, you know, in a conflict with their doctor, who's supposed to be the one giving them the advice, but like the the doctors, I, I don't know what's happened. It's like, uh, you know, as we've been going through this and I've been doing these shows, I'm like, doctors, what are y'all doing? You're destroying a hundred years of trust that you've built up with this yes. one rollout here. It's amazing wow. how anyone can look at what's happening in VAERS. They didn't even investigate the, their first case until 5,000 deaths were reported. And not all of those are yeah. due to the vaccine, but like what's going on? And I've been yeah. also hammering the FDA. They're monitoring the CMS data in real time for their rapid cycle analysis, basically giving weekly updates, monitoring for safety signals. Mm -hmm. And like you, we have the Surgeon General on Twitter coming out and saying, uh, the vaccines prevent hospitalization and severe disease. Look at this data that ended in March, January to March, before the vaccines were significantly rolled out. Before the side effects started, before Delta, which destroys the efficacy of the vaccine, yeah. and it's but yet when there's a study that supports what you know, where he can pull out some piece that supports his message of everybody needs to get vaccinated, he'll report on data that's four days old. So I'm like asking, where is this CMS data? Why are they not reporting it? Uh, what yeah. does it show? And then we get the slides, and it shows that like. We had this early on in the 
you know, beginning of the vaccination program, I think there were a lot of the vaccinated that were getting sick and so mm-hmm. forth. But that tide has turned, and now it's swinging more towards the vaccinated as their immunity wears off. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you see anything along those lines? Can you? T- so I would say yes. I have seen more uh, more incidents of clots and and other strokes since that time. I have witnessed many patients who just never really got their spunk back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of elderly who I'm pretty sure aren't going to get back to the place that we're pre pre shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really sad because they're trusting the, they're trusting the healthcare providers to do them right. But what I would say is there's a couple of factors. I mean, I think about this a lot, like, how is it that I have colleagues out there that have disowned me from my opinion mm-hmm. when we have access to the same information? Um, and so the first thing I would say is that nobody has, nobody has been prepared for the level of evil this agenda is like, we've never seen it in our lifetime. So in that alone, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around for a healthcare provider. Uh, you kind of have to, in order to see the light, you, you, really can't trust the government, which many young pharmacists do. You can't really trust the CDC and the FDA and the professional associations that are hopefully the gold standards of where we get all of our information. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I understand why many do not budge from that. I mean, that's Mm going to be a, that's going to be a big red pill. Well, Um, I think that's, you know, a big part of what, um, these doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals are failing to recognize that these organizations, the CDC, the WHO, uh, NIH, you know, all of them, they're subject to regulatory capture and Mm -hmm. it's a revolving door between the drug companies and the regulatory agencies regulating the drug companies. And who Mm -hmm. knows what kind of leverage China and the other intelligence agencies have on these people and are able to influence public policy. And it's, Mm -hmm. I've just seen this total abandonment of science and the people are like, they're going to go down with the ship because they've stopped reading the actual studies. The, the, you know, a uh, preppy drug rep that's a good looking, attractive 20 yeah. something comes into their office with their neatly tied sweater around their vest in their khaki mm-hmm. pants and tells them the benefits of this new drug. And here you need to yeah. start prescribing it. And they're like, okay. And, and yeah. they take that at face value. And it's like, how do you not see that that's a problem? Yeah. I, I, they're, they're monopolizing. These companies are monopolizing. Yes on the busyness of the professional. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can speak for my, um, as a retail pharmacist at this point, I've worked in most sectors of, of pharmacy, but um, in the retail sector, you don't have hardly any time to think. You're, you're so busy and these corporations are squeezing more and more energy out of you with less, with, uh, less resources. So um, you don't really have time to really think about it. You're exhausted when you get home. You've got kids to feed. You've got a, a family to, to take care of and, and support. And so there isn't a lot of time to go digging just because of curiosity. But, and so that's where we get a little bit, you know, there's some lackadaisical 
comfort in knowing that the CDC, well, you know, I know what their standards are. I'm hearing what they're telling us to do mm-hmm. so I can do that. And feeling comfortable not looking at the counter narrative. So I think that's a, a big problem. Um, we, you know, as healthcare providers, we really want to help people. We want to heal people. So, you know, when you're in that space, you know, the evilness of things in the world will take us aback and some of us aren't just, are just not going to be able to see that level. They're just not. Um, I think things changed for me when I started researching um, and found the term Rockefeller medicine. Uh, I went through a grief process uh, to understand that my entire pharmacy career, my education, it took me nine years to get through my pharmacy school and and Mm -hmm. pre-farm and $250,000. But to realize that it was a very specific curriculum designed with major pieces of big pharma influence. Mm -hmm. And that was an eye opener for me. The other part of that was that we look at these professional journals with, with good studies. And what really rocked it for me was the Lancet study that came out talking about the dangers of hydroxychloroquine. And yes. I had already known hydroxychloroquine has been around forever. They're giving it to children. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so I was grateful to see that there was some level of retraction, but it certainly didn't get attention either. Mm-hmm. And so if they can fashion up a study that quickly to fit what they're trying to say, what other studies have been all about that? You know, or, or these, just, these, yeah, just there's so much um, misrepresentation that comes out. Absolutely. So the news media will come in there and pick out the part that fits the narrative. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I mean, we can play it if you want, but there's the, it goes to show after show after show brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer, Anderson Absolutely. Cooper 360 brought to you by Pfizer. They're yeah. not, they're not paying these media companies to advertise their drugs. They don't need that. They're buying no. their influence you know, and their ability to say, uh, yeah, that story don't do it. Or we might have to pull our 300 million in funding that we give you CNN. And so, you know, like anyone thinking that you're going to be able to trust the mainstream media or these organizations that are sending their CEOs back and forth, the fact check guy is on the board at Pfizer. So it's like, (laughs) right. He's going to, he's going to sort this out for me. Is that what you're trying to tell me here? And uh, people just, underestimate the um the level of manipulation and propaganda that is being bantered about today and and we're even i talk a lot about 1984 and the parallels that we're seeing they redefine the word vaccine isn't that a scary book (laughs) yeah i I mean i read that book probably 15 years ago and i don't think I, i and it made such an impression on me then uh, but because I guess I might've already seen some things in government that were kind of concerning, but I don't know if I even want to read that book. I don't think I would pick it up and read it now. I think that would be too much for me to 
for my brain to work with. <laughs> yeah. I like to you know? go back and watch to pick up little hints and things that we yeah, see. I probably should. I but probably should. For the know, interest of full hill. <laughs> it is. And it, it's so much about the narrative, it, the truth, reality. It doesn't matter. They control, no. you know, and we're, we're almost seeing this dumbing down of the language. The latest one that I pointed out was when they came out and said, if you get sick after being vaccinated, that's uh, improving your immunity. And it's like, wait a minute, isn't the vaccine supposed to do that? And, oh. uh, you know, it, it's not a breakthrough infection anymore. It's improving your immunity. So, like, they're totally trying well, just to. just the whole idea. Just the whole idea, you can have a, a pretty severe uh, reaction to the first dose of these, mm-hmm. and your providers are shoving you to get to the second one. What? We've never really done that before with our vaccines. We, yeah, and know. not only that, what's I think most shocking to me is uh, the advice being given to pregnant women. Did you, oh. did you encounter that at all? Do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. Please you do. know, uh, I have had three women that I'm aware of have miscarriages after being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it breaks my heart. I'm, I also know women that have had serious female complications and changes in their period. And, and, um, and even I went through that and, it, and I feel strongly that it was because I was working around so many other vaccinated people. Okay. Um, that yeah. is a real thing. Yes. Uh, my, um, my other account on Twitter was suspended, I think about six months ago now for mentioning viral shedding, which the mm-hmm. FDA sent a memo out in 2015 warning the drug companies, hey, you need to be aware of this with these mRNA yeah. vaccines. Yeah. In the Pfizer safety study, they're worried about EDP. Exposure during pregnancy. And it was so bad. It's not like if you're pregnant or you're, you know, around the time of conceiving, you're exposed to someone who's vaccinated. No, it's if your significant other was around someone, then that's a safety event that should be reported. So like they know there's some risk there and they're looking for it and their trials showed it and they covered it up. And Mm -hmm. now we have moms that are getting pressured. I mean, Saw one eight months. They told her they weren't going to deliver her baby, and she got the shot and stillborn. And yeah. others where moms are breastfeeding, and the I just saw another one today. The baby's breaking out in this big rash, and um, I had this experience where I was going into Dallas a few months back, and uh, I got I, I I think that I was exposed to either spike proteins or possibly mRNA because I'm not vaccinated. I had my testes swell up and get irritated. And then the whole area, the skin got inflamed. Um, I think these, these um, mRNA set up shop in my testes started pumping out spike proteins, inflamed the whole area. And it took, you know, it was pretty intense for a couple weeks and then dialed back a little bit after a month. And then it was another two or three weeks before it was finally gone. And that's when I started taking NAC and doing flush niacin and some of these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think there is something to it. And you saying the same thing, it's like, yeah, I, I, I think there's something to this. Yeah, I spent five days with my vaccinated daughter. Um, and don't think that isn't frustrating 
for me. Um, she was vaccinated. She was, and then nursing her, 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 uh, my granddaughter. Um, but I stayed a few days with them and within three days or so, I literally had bruises all over me and I woke up and my eye was like brilliant red. I had popped blood vessels in my eye and there was no trauma to cause that. I wasn't you know, there wasn't anything that would explain that. I had terrible headaches. And the, um, and under the advice of my very awake doctor, uh, she said, I think you need to come home. And yeah. I got out of that situation. And of course, everything healed up. But I've had an elevated D-dimer, which is a test to mm -hmm. see. It's a lab test. For blood clotting, my audience is very clotting. familiar with that. Yep. And so, you know, I've at least a year and a half now, I've had an elevated D-dimer with very little explanation. You know, uh, I mean, I guess I should say the first, I mean, I had COVID um, and I certainly have had long haul COVID symptoms for this entire time. And what, what's uh, been your treatment protocol? Do you mind? Yeah. So, um, I am grateful every day to my physician, but I've been taking ivermectin on, and hydroxychloroquine um, on a preventative basis, mm -hmm. um, not to mention the vitamin D and the vitamin C and the zinc. Um, I have also uh, done the flush niacin, okay. and uh, I'm With pretty melatonin. grateful for that with the melatonin. Yep. And so I'm really excited to see, I haven't had a D-dimer uh, value taken in, in a while. I'm excited and hopeful that that will be down when I, I when I get my values down, I'm hoping. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't been on it that long, but it's, uh, there are things for those people who are vaccine remorseful, this isn't a time to have fear. Mm -mm. Um, that brings our energies down. It takes our immune system down just like stress does. does so yeah. the first thing I would say, I mean, especially if you're a believer and you know, you know, the power of God, well, first of all, you know, I, I, I do, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm not succumbing to this evil agenda. I'll tell you that. And you got to be a warrior and you just got to know we're going to get through it and don't be afraid. So uh, in that regard, I would say if you have, had these shots do not get any more yeah. i would not even recommend the flu shot um because i read a study oh gosh i, I don't even want to say it out loud because i can't cite the study at the moment but they've been putting graphene oxide in our flu shots since at least 2017. Okay. so when you think about that and how they mandated that particular shot. I mean, they kind of paved the way with that one for all healthcare providers to have to get this thing. And most do. Um, however, we've been injected with graphene oxide and God knows what else. But this time around, when healthcare providers who have been vaccinated, when they get that flu shot, I think you're going to see a lot of problems. And I'm deeply concerned about that. Yeah, I just tweeted something today that uh, an hour or so ago that I came across that shows with each shot, uh, yeah, it boosts your antibodies, but then they decline even more rapidly with each successive shot that you get. Yes. And the yes. other thing, sorry, you can say something if you want to. No, I was just going to say, I mean, 
I was reading a study uh, yesterday, I believe, about um, basically vaccinated patients having the acquired immune deficiency syndrome. You know, you will not have an immune system by the time they're done with you. That's the plan. Um, And, you know, that it sounds really scary, but it's the wake up call for everyone to own their health and quit eating the junk and to to not live in fear and to quit getting these shots and to wake up. It's not too late. I really feel it's not too late. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm hoping I, it's not too late. <laughs> I think there's a treatment protocol out there that would like reverse the damage. So I've got my best friend is vaccinated, my brother, ex-wife, mother of my child, and mm-hmm. I've got them all taking uh, NAC, you know, all the vitamins that you just went through and so forth, along yeah. with doing flush niacin at night and and. And pine needle tea. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, there's all different <laughs> ones, know. and you can get crazy. I, I I take a ridiculous amount of supplements, but yeah, I, I think it's so important right now because we really we don't know what this is. I mean, is this are the they don't even know how long the spike protein are produced in the body. There's no regulatory function for it. Of course, you're going to be shedding right. it, but. We don't even know for how long. I mean, is it a couple of weeks? That's right. That's they right. Do- I mean, if your RNA, if your if your RNA has been changed to a point where you're producing these spike proteins, there has been no direction given to them to shut that down. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that. So, um, from my perspective and what I've seen, these spike proteins are just going to keep on going and sharing well, the love. And now, have you seen the video of the, the girl that's has the immune disorder to where if she's around toxins, she gets sick? Yes. Isn't and that terrible? That, it, yes. to me, like, that's one of the more powerful pieces of evidence. And, and what she's claiming in, yeah. in her experience is that it's getting worse. Like, she can't even go to the grocery store like she used to be able to, and it's more and more and more. And, like, she can smell the spike proteins on their breath. Yes. It, yes. And yet the narrative is that the unvaccinated are the, are the, the danger spreaders. to our society. The mm-hmm. super spreaders. Um, and that, I know, is absolute false. It's, it's so, exactly the yeah. opposite. And there's another thing yeah. today that I think is being used to deceive the healthcare workers and the doctors and, and nurses and so forth. They talk about them being unvaccinated. Well, if you look at how they calculate that, you get the first injection and you're still unvaccinated for 14 days. Well, when are mm-hmm. 80, 90% of the severe reactions going to occur? In 14 days. Yeah. Then yes. you go for the second shot and you go from being un from being vaccinated to being unvaccinated for another two weeks for the second shot. Now wait a minute. If yes. what are you supposed to wait six weeks in between the two? Uh, depending on the one when, when you get three weeks for Moderna, four weeks for Pfizer. Okay, so if somebody well, ends up waiting that. five weeks, do they become unvaccinated? No, they don't. Why is it as no, soon don't. as they inject the second shot that, again, you're unvaccinated for 14 weeks, when you're most likely in that window to have those side effects? And it's so that the CDC and these other organizations who are setting the rules and the definitions for vaccinated can report these as unvaccinated and make it look like I, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it gets dark. Yeah. It's like, I, I think it's we're in the midst of dark. a culling of the population and I, I hate to say it, but I mean, that's what I, I like. 
I don't understand how these people can't see this, can't know what they're doing, especially at this point with the data that they have. They've got to see it. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, as this as this video went everywhere, um, that is the number one uh, negative. It's probably the only negative. Well, why didn't she do something sooner? So I guess what, what I would say to that is that this is so complicated and there are so many fingers and layers into it. Um, you know, uh, who am I to say, unless I have 100% certainty that the physician isn't right in telling them yeah. to get this for their particular health condition. Yes. I mean, who can say that definitively? The other part of that is I've never been in a situation where patients will come up and demand me to do something and complain to my corporate office when I don't. I have not had that unless we're talking about, you know, prescription pain pills. That's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But I've never had that experience where people, if I say, I'm not comfortable with this. And I think you should have this conversation. I reached a point pretty early on where I had a binder like this thick and I would have patients come in. Um, you know, we have a little room that we give these shots in and I'd be on the, on the, you know, quiet about it and say, okay, I want you to know, these are the things that I'm finding out about this shot and I'm concerned and I personally won't get it, but I don't know if you have access to this information. Now, many of the patients, thank you for the information, give it to me anyway. Some of them, thank you for the information, I'll think about it and come back. And they think about it, they'll talk to the doctor, and then they'd come back, and then I'd be uh, reported to corporate because mm -hmm. I was delaying their, their health treatment. You're causing uh, vaccine hesitancy, Nicole. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, so I wasn't really effective as much as I was trying on a one-to-one -one basis. I did wake some people up and I'm, you know, um, but I knew that this was not going to be the answer for me. Um, we had been given. Are, are you familiar with cognitive dissonance and kind of. Yeah. Oh, so yes. w Was that something that you struggled with going through this process as well? Because that can make it to where people just refuse to look. And it's a hard thing to do when it's your job, it's your life, it's, you know, everything, as you mentioned. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, I see that all the time. I have been disowned on Facebook and other social media platforms uh, by colleagues that I have fully respected over the years. I mean, I've been in, uh, I've been a pharmacist now for 21 years. Um, I've had a lot of relationships and I don't know, honestly, I don't know any other pharmacists who feel the way I do. Um, well, but that's did you, a little did, rowboat. <laughs> did you always feel that way? I, I mean, in the beginning, were you on board with the vaccination program or were you suspicious from the start? I was suspicious from the start because I was suspicious about other vaccines that we've had. Okay. But I didn't have enough information yep. to really be adamant about it. And I was like, you know, I understand there's those anti-vaxxers and yeah. I'm, I'm not kidding. I mean, we would give thousands of, of shots every year. So, you know, um, I'm kind of horrified now in my research. I, I've spent a few hundred hours uh, researching medicine and vaccines and um, I have unwillingly, unknowingly caused harm to some, I'm sure. And that is a, 
I went through quite a, quite a grief cycle with that. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people when they see the reality of what this is, um, will probably be in a corner rocking in the fetal position. Yeah. I mean, literally it's going to be a tough, tough one. And I feel bad, but at this point <laughs> in the equation, you don't have to look very far. You don't have to search very far to see the vaccine injuries that are out there. It's everywhere. The patient reports. Yeah. There's no, I, I strongly feel there's no excuse at this point Yeah. to be pushing these things. And so I think if you're still pushing them, that means either you're way too busy and a relative level of lazy Mm-hmm. Uh, or nefarious, which I don't know many people who would be in this field. Or, or I'm just, sure they're out there. Just suffering from cognitive dissonance. Like you refuse yeah. to let yourself look at that evidence or consider it because it yeah. creates conflict in your belief system. And with those being yeah. such core beliefs, mm-hmm. people are going it, to, it needs to be really strong and in their face to, for them to, I guess, shake out of that or be willing to. Yeah explore that the opposite is true well and you know i mean it is a great source of pride for me to be a pharmacist it took me so long to get Mm -hmm. that education and i poured my heart into it and that's the same for medical school and and all the other allied health programs you know there's a lot of pride in that and there's also a lot of respect in the community to be a healthcare provider um you know they're they tell us things in their humble opinion, um, I mean, sorry, hold on. It's your dog, yeah, Please, here, I'll dog, mute it. My, my dog is is giving the hint that it wants water, and she's pushing the bowl around. You need, okay. If you need to take care of it. Crisis, crisis okay. diverted. All right, good. It's all good. <laughs> sorry. No anyway, worries. Um, the, I think that these, um, it's going to take, I'm not sure what for, I, I guess, God to, to hit him in the heart yeah. because our identities are so wrapped up with our professions for most of us. Right. Um, oh, I'm a physician or, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a pharmacist. And, and well, there's no pride in that for me right now. Mm-hmm. And based on that Lancet study, and based on the horrors of what I've seen and what I've studied in the whole realm of Rockefeller medicine, I cannot in good faith, look at a patient in the face. If they're asking me about one of their statin medications, I don't have full confidence that I can fully believe the package insert and what I've been told about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there you come to a professional crisis because I can't, I'm not willing to lie. And I'm more than willing to say, I don't know, but I can't trust the profession. I can't trust the education I've received. And it's going to be a hard thing for, for providers to get there. Yeah. Ego is going to be too wrapped up in it. There was a hospital PA that sat down uh, with Del Bigtree on his show, The High Wire. And Mm -hmm. she walked through, you know, she was, she was great. She cared about her patients. She was an advocate for them. The the other doctors that she worked with absolutely loved her. She started doing these VAERS reports and then it was like, whoa, hold on. How many of these are that you can't be making all of this noise? 
And it was like, you could just see it kind of come across her face. She realized that this thing that I loved and poured my heart and soul into was really just a giant lie. Uh, and it it was only that way. And I only believed that because I was going along with the narrative. And once I started to question it, it's like, hold on, you know, uh, trying to think of a funny saying, but I'm sure it'd be easier to unsee it all. It would be, I wish I could tell patients and my colleagues, um, no worries, nothing to see here. We're, you know, right on track. Um, but I feel so strongly about this because of my own experience and because of what I've seen with my patients. Mm -hmm. And I I know it's an absolute lie and we're being censored in every direction. Um, But I care more about my patients than I do about my paycheck. I haven't had a paycheck in a few months. Um, I was on personal leave arguing with my employer, um, asking for an accommodation to, be exempt from giving this this shot and uh they pretty quickly sent back my the an attachment of my job description and as a manager i was responsible to uh promote their clinical uh endeavors and i said basically in this email basically said even though there's no informed consent even though there's no package insert information i mean they literally are blank these Mm -hmm. package inserts there's nothing telling a pharmacist or any other person injecting this what is in them at all i mean i know what's in them but it took a lot of research to find it and it's horrifying and we have the Uh, fact checkers coming out attacking the graphene oxide saying it's not in there but then you look at the ingredients and trace it back to the factory and yep no that's exactly what's in there well, exactly. And then tell me why, tell me why some vaccinated patients have their, their keys that stick to their arm. Yeah. You know, all of that. I, like, I've had two or three people uh, in my audience tell me, you know, Sam, I didn't really take this stuff seriously until my friend got vaccinated and their phone sticks to their arm now. And it's it yeah. like, that was the come to Jesus moment, so to speak. It yeah. really it really brought it home for them and they realized, wow, this is serious. And I think sadly that's what it's going to take uh, is just yeah. enough people dying and having these heart attacks and so forth that eventually it becomes undeniable what's happening. And I think we're heading down that road right now. I hope we're close on that. I really do. Yeah. Um, you know, part of the horror of this situation we're we're, very conveniently ignoring the PCR tests are not supposed to be used to diagnose COVID. Yes. We're ignoring that whole piece. And so get vaccinated or you're going to have to test. Well, what do we know about these tests? We know the graphene oxide that's in them. We know the harm they can do. And there it we is. Know, we know that the FDA used influenza A and B uh, DNA to calibrate the PCR test for COVID. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's where the flu went. You've got the the mask advocates saying, "Oh, see the masks work. That's proof." It's like, "No, yeah. moron. They do the COVID right. test first cuz that's way more profitable for them, and they will spam right. test people until they can get a positive." And and the, you know, the uh-huh. other thing about the 600,000 dead, they love to throw that number out there. It's like, "Well, what's the average age?" Do you know? And most of them don't. And it's it's I've heard 82 and 85. So it's right. like, these are people who already beat the life expectancy. Congratulations. You, you won the game. You outlived exactly right. your peers. 
And now this, this flu has gotten you. And of course, you know, there's a whole genetic engineering and bioweapon aspect to this thing. In my opinion, COVID is not, it is a real thing. It is harming people. It is doing damage Mm -hmm. at the same time. We're just Mm -hmm. presented with this massive fraud. And if you look at what Fauci did with the whole remdesivir, and that trial that was used as the justification to kick this whole thing off. Their therapy kills half the patients and they called those uh, COVID right. pneumonia deaths. And therefore we've got a pandemic and right. let's, let's There's roll this puppy out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, okay, regardless of how many COVID deaths there were at the beginning, the majority of them could have been spared. Yes. And the CDC, Anthony Fauci in particular with NIAID and, and the NIH, they know full well, A, the masks harm. They yep. know that from the Spanish flu pandemic and Fauci wrote on that himself, but they know that these treatments were available and they've withheld them. They continue to withhold them. You will not get them in a hospital, and oftentimes not even if a, if, a, if you get a court order, uh, a family has gone through and, and gotten that, you still aren't going to get ivermectin. That that part of the narrative is so strong, they have to hold on to it to show that, no, it won't help you. Um, but it is disgusting to think how many people died from that experience. And so, yes, COVID is real but they should have been treating it outpatient. In what other situation would you ever send someone home, come back when you're worse? Who who can't breathe and who's having pains and all this stuff that they can't diagnose and they run test after test after test after test, they all come back normal. And then Mm -hmm. the diagnosis is inevitably, well, you're stressed or you're crazy. We're not sure which one, but it's one of those two. Now go home and come back if it gets worse. And it's like, what are you doing? And if you're in the hospital, you know, you don't have advocates that are, that can be in that room with you because, you know, in the yeah. interest of health. So they're in there by themselves. And, you know, I read somewhere and I wish I remembered where this, this lady was, but she had gone in and into the emergency room and gotten her NEB treatments for asthma. And the sister went off to do something and she came back. Oh, she took a turn for the worse. And she's up intubated. She's ventilated up in an ICU room. Um, that's the level and that's the type of, of greed and power that comes with money because that COVID vex, that COVID diagnosis is big dollars. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. We, Absolutely. we covered all the, if you vent them, that's another 30 grand or whatever. It's just yeah. insanity. And, and yeah. there's so much fraud around that. And they needed that though, to get that 600,000 number because they needed to push the fear so that when mm-hmm. the vaccine comes around, everybody's like, oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, do you see how many mm-hmm. people died? And right, right. And we've seen that in the nursing homes in particular because, you know, when flu season comes around, most patients are, in, in even in the assisted livings, um, you might think they're given a choice, but they're so strongly pushed to get the flu shot that, the facility is going to make sure they all get their flu shot. 
yes. in the interest of keeping everybody healthy. And, and to be fair, I have seen flu outbreaks in those types of settings, and that's that's not good either. But um, they're using that same sort of fear and same sort of expectation sort of thing for patients to, to get their COVID shots and to get the boosters. And it's no surprise the number of seniors that have passed. And it's brilliant, actually. It's a brilliant plan because in those settings, you don't have to call a physician when the patient dies. You don't have to do autopsies oftentimes. You don't mm -hmm. have to um, rush them to the hospital. And they don't have, you know, you don't do your code blues and, and, and work on bringing them back. Um, it's kind of a, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, you the know, is brilliant. We talked to John O'Looney. I don't know if you know who he uh, is, the I funeral do. director. So yes. I, I think I was one of the first people to interview him and he's since gone crazy and everybody knows the story now. Um, yeah. Exactly what he said is like, he never saw a doctor. He never saw anyone getting tested. They, were, they would spam test them, but they were never getting treated. And yeah. he said the nurses were telling him they were told to inject 15 milliliters of, um, oh God, a diazepram. Um, yeah, midazolam. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. and leave the room, and and then yeah. he's getting called out for two weeks every night to nursing homes. So are all the other undertakers, uh, picking up bodies that are still warm. And this was supposedly the big COVID outbreak, but like he wasn't going to any private residences. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why would there were no tests done? There were no tests done. You know. Yeah. Um, and in, conveniently enough, midazolam has this wonderful property to it where uh, you won't have memory. So, I mean, mm. that's a kind of an amnesia effect specific to midazolam. So interesting that it's midazolam, not lorazepam or some of the other uh, meds in the same class. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Well, anyway. It is. Now, one more thing I want to ask you about. Um, there's some... Uh, I'm, I'm looking at this and like, there's people who just get re hit really hard with it. There's other people that are, um, you know, have some side effects, but it doesn't affect them as much. First off, I think there are injections where people are hitting a blood vessel and it becomes an intravenous injection instead of intermuscular. And that's circulating around. Like I watched the, um, the professional bike racer that was vaccine injured and he talked about a metallic taste in his mouth 30 seconds after and that's most likely they hit a blood vessel and they didn't pull to see if uh if blood's being drawn out and then would have to throw the needle away and redo the injection to try and not hit a blood vessel mm -hmm. so I, I think that's happening to some degree but then if you look at you know like what Stu peters is covering um as far as scientists looking at taking the the vaccine and putting it on a putting a drop on a microscope slide and looking at it under the microscopes right it, we we've got like almost three different classes so we have people that appear to be getting just saline and they're fine and they have no side effects and they go out and sing the praises to everyone else and sell it and then there's the one with the little discs in it and then there's the one with what looks like parasites and who knows what else, all these little pieces of stainless steel and everything else. And we've had, you know, bad batches in Japan. They found little white things floating around. They're like, what is this? You've sent us contaminated medicine. And of course the, the drug companies, the pharmaceuticals, I, I call them drug cartels because that's really what they are at this point. Right. 
they've said that like in some of their contract language, the, the countries can't even check the via, check the batches for safety. Like they're not, they're, they're legally prohibited from doing that. It's, it's insanity. Yes. Well, and we make the automatic assumption as healthcare providers that the FDA is, you know, they're the gatekeepers and they're making sure that we get quality products in our country. And that's just not true. Yeah. That they're the fox so guarding the hen house. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I have had patients, um, you know, we've got a lot of capillaries in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's almost impossible to be 100% in, in not hitting something like that. And you may have a bruise and whatnot, but I think it goes deeper. I mean, it's that it's not the reason a patient has um, a concentrated amount of, 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 of this whatever you want to call it in their ovaries and in their in Mm -hmm. you know passing the blood-brain barrier Mm -hmm. and um hanging out on the kidneys and other organs the heart um you know that's not the reason for that i can certainly see you know they've made a push to get many of the pharmacy technicians god love them we couldn't live without them but they're pushing to have pharmacy technicians giving these shots um and what um firefighters and people just who aren't just that familiar with giving these, um, they, they've been allowed that access and, and quote privilege, unquote. Um, I know as the pharmacy manager, I wouldn't allow that for my staff because I knew that my patients would have questions and they, my, my staff was not qualified or prepared to answer them. So I kind of ran a tight ship in that regard. Uh, I wanted to be could, able to have those conversations. If you could do, um, say you could draft the informed consent document, kind of like truth in lending when you go and buy a house, um, mm-hmm. what kind of things do you think should be on there? I have seen online a few different ones. I want to give credit to Sherry Tenpenny, I believe. Yep. She's done um, some great work. The uh, there are informed consents for the very for the specific shots. My version of an informed consent, I basically showed the patient all these things that could go wrong in the articles that I had, and they literally had to sign a piece of paper because don't forget it's the it's it's the me's out there. It's the providers. It's the people who are injecting us this that are at the most uh, risk of financial liability. Yes. And uh, no one seems to care about that right now, but there'll be more awareness on that soon. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, I I refuse to take responsibility for what the cabal is doing. It's not happening on my watch. And, and, you know, I would take that package insert out and I would show people, they'd ask me questions. Well, let me see. And I would be kind of sarcastic about it, but I'd open up this little thing because at the front of it, it says, it says this split, this space intentionally left blank. Yeah. And the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like his space. That's what I thought they meant. Right. Just Mm -hmm. this little space. And Mm -hmm. I open it all up. It's like a big old roadmap and it's this big and it's literally is blank on both sides yes no information at all and they haven't done the toxicity studies they haven't done the long-term safety studies nothing with pregnant women 
exposure st uh, information about me as a pharmacist uh, handling this. Um, uh, who knows how, how many times I've been vaccinated just by the sheer fact of working with the product, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, we're not told that, and, and they're, they're all free from that type of liability. Crazy. I, I think but you can gonna... show people that blank insert, and they just say, oh, well, yeah, that's weird. Okay, but I want it. <laughs> but I think the turning point for me is when, is when you realize, you know, I can't blame any regular citizen out there for having the mindset that they need to get this shot. They have been so programmed to insist on it. Mm -hmm. That does not mean, because I've had this, I've, I've been struggling with this for so long. Once you know that it's poison, once you know that it's going to hurt people, and it isn't in, in the immediate that I was even concerned about, like there may be people who die very soon after this, but the antibody dependent enhancement and that whole idea of people being very sick six months later after injection, mm -hmm. yeah. that is what had really concerned me. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to to grapple about this i'm like i in good conscience cannot give this shot to people yeah. you know and i even had a pastor say well you know we all have free will and we all have the choice and if patients want it you know who are you to to interfere with their free will well, and who no no god knows that i know it's poison and i'm mm -hmm. the one that's supposed that is is supposed to know this and i'm not going to give it to you because god knows what what i know that's it I, becomes your karma when you knowingly engage in this kind of stuff. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, and so I do know a couple of pharmacists that won't get this shot themselves. Um, but if the patient wants it, okay, fine. And, um, and the truth is, you know, they could get somebody else to drive the train to Auschwitz, but you refusing to do it makes a difference to, to somebody out there. And you speaking yeah. up like this, makes a huge difference. I think, as I said in the beginning, there's probably a lot of people struggling with what, what you're talking about here. Like, how do I, what do I do? I mean, this is my whole job. This is my whole life. Yeah. Who yeah. are you? That's what I would ask. Yeah. Who are you? Who do you want to be? What kind exactly. of world do you want to live in? Mm -hmm. And we've been warned. This has all been prophesized. Um, you know, and I'm not the most devout following, you know, Bible reading daily Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know who God is and he's my, he's my homie. And <laughs> I am so grateful for that because I, I don't have to walk in fear. If I die to COVID tomorrow, I would be okay. Yeah. If I, you know, if I walk away from my job and I don't have an income and I walk away from my career, so be it. God provides. And there's, mm -hmm. there's ultimately how I was able to make that final decision. Okay because you can't make those decisions if you're in so much fear about how you're going to take care of your family. Yes. How are you going to live? You can't be active if that peace isn't calm in your heart. Yes. And that's, I know that stretch for a lot of people and many won't be able to get there. And I, you know, there's some line workers in Washington state who uh, they fired the first round of them in Seattle and they came in from all the other areas to just show up there, not show up to work, but instead go to this Seattle uh, 
headquarters where they were firing the first group of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I think the executives or the union reps, I'm not sure who are going out to the different um, shops around the state to talk to mm-hmm. him about the vaccine. He's like, I'd love to give this guy a piece of my mind. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you don't have to do that. Ask him. Um, yeah. If this, if this vaccine makes me sick and I'm unable to work, are you going to be responsible for that? Or is the company? And the answer is going to be, well, no, we're not responsible for it. Okay. Well, who's right. going to feed my family if I'm disabled for life? What happens right. then? I mean, there's so many serious questions that, people aren't well, even thinking about because it's not going to happen to me. What about the life insurance that's been null and voided yeah. Yeah. taking this experimental injection? Don't think you're going to die and you've got life insurance to help your family. That's not going to happen either. Um, and that's not common knowledge. And, and uh, oh, the other thing I would say for anyone who is facing these mandates coming up, I would, I would say stay strong make sure you know who your your allies are who feel like you do and even if you don't even if you're let's say you have a supermarket and you know i think around my place i think half the people in the store are vaccinated but it needs to be an absolute altogether walkout when that mandate yes. comes down it has to be united that's the way we stop this insanity yes um we need to, we need to fight back and that's how you do it not one-on-one yeah you know, it's amazing what uh, the weather has done for Southwest Airlines, isn't it? Oh, it had, absolutely. It had nothing yes, to do with yes, all the people yes, uh, taking yes. vacation instead of going to work. It, it was the weather yes. that made them change yes. their policy. And how about the irony of asking these physicians to get a shot that is going to increase their chance of clots? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just insane in its own right. Or the, the liver transplants to... and everything else. Yeah. Uh, those people oh, being yeah. kicked off the list. It's like, yeah. you give them that, you're going to reduce their immune system and then go put them in through a major surgery? Does that make any yeah. sense at all? How is this data-driven? Yeah. And, and, that's, it's and that's it's in propaganda. Colorado. I'm, I'm constantly shocked by what's going on here in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But one thing I would want to say, I, I really find important, two things, actually. One is... This mandate, they can't do, they can't force a mandate on emergency use authorization medications. Okay. So they've done a little bait and switch. They put out there that the FDA has approved this product called Comirnaty, which is put out there by Pfizer. Um, Don't fall for that lie. Uh, If Comirnaty, was commercially available, then yes, the, the, the way they've done it, they, you may not have a, a leg to stand on and not getting it, but don't let anyone fool you that the product that's in the pharmacy is Comirnaty. Yes, it's a Pfizer product, but it is not Comirnaty. It is not federally, uh, it is not approved by the FDA. Um, and I think people need to really understand that because yes. you cannot force mm-hmm. the mandate otherwise. As I understand it, two things, and then we'll get to your second point. Uh, that was a manufacturing authorization, which is the first step in bringing one of these drugs to market. What's mm-hmm. still being given is under the EUA. They say it's the same. And, and then you have the FDA running ads on Facebook talking about, we've approved the COVID-19 vaccine. It's like, no, you haven't. You're still giving it under the EUA. And Biden's Biden's, um, mandate 
is a fucking memo at this point. I'm sorry. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a no. memo. <laughs> There's so no random. law. <laughs> there. <laughs> There are, I, I usually cuss way more, so I don't, <laughs> but I'm trying to be good here. There's I'm ex-military, a, so I learned, I learned okay. how to swear really good. <laughs> so, so there's, there's legal teams waiting, standing by with lawsuits to sue the minute they try and do something official. And they're not because they don't have to, because they've convinced all these companies that they have to do it and they're threatening yeah. them. See, this is the problem with, we're going to get off into another subject. I hope you don't mind, but remember your second point. I want to come back to it. This is the problem with government as it gets bigger and bigger and takes over either through regulation or through cronyism where, or this revolving door between the corporations and the regulatory agencies, it ends up controlling more nationalizing is really what it is more and more of society. And uh, that's how these things are allowed to happen. If we didn't have the AMA as the official, uh, doctrine of of medical practice, we could have three different competing ones, different methodologies, and I, as the consumer, would be able to choose. I don't like what these guys are doing. I I like what I'm hearing from these guys over here. That's who I want to go to. But that option's been stricken yeah. from the table, and it's like, no, you'll eat this gruel and like it. So, exactly, the exactly. whole thing's such a fraud. It all of it, and when you really stop to think about it, like. How is it that Anthony Fauci has been in his in his position for so long? I mean, if these were government agencies, these would be elected positions. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not. Uh, these people have had nefarious agendas. The CDC, when you really get down to it, uh, they're transplants from the days of Auschwitz and and the whole Nuremberg trial. I mean, given, you know, a, what was that? Operation Paperclip or something, yep, yep. but I mean, some crazy stuff. And we have been indoctrinated from the beginning that CDC is the standard and they're all good guys. And, and, you know, let's go uh, team and save and the world. Speaking of Paperclip, there, a lot of people think that, oh, it was uh, Werner von Braun and the, the NASA scientists that they brought over as part of that. No, no, no. It no. was, it was the political thinkers, all kinds yeah. of different people. The, the Third Reich, they didn't, they, they lost, but they just moved to America that's and right. set up shop here. That, that's how that went down. That's exactly, so. that's exactly right. Yeah, that was quite a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, all is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of it, uh, all okay. of it. Did we get to your second um, point? Do you remember it? Yeah, only because I want to, I, I don't want to forget it, but. Okay. Um, I know that COVID is real. I, I really want people to understand that, yes, it is. However, there are treatments, prevention and treatment options for COVID. You do not have to end up in a hospital. Mm-hmm. That being said, there's a lot of people out there. Um, I have a very good friend for your listeners who who uh, are prayer warriors. I would appreciate any prayers you can put out there for my friend, Kevin. Okay. He is on events in, in Grand Junction right now and has been for a month. And um, the, who knows how many more are in his position because they're lying about those numbers also. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's so much confusion about it all. But I know he's been there for a month. He's fighting hard. And I'm praying for are him. They, a lot of people are, and, and uh, we'll take any prayers you can muster up there. Are, are they doing like budesonide with him or anything like that? 
No. I'm removed enough uh, where I honestly don't know at this okay. point. Um, at That's... the same time that he was in the hospital, I was at the Reawaken America tour where they were talking about remdesivir, and I'm okay. taking snapshots and sending it to family members about it. I'm like, please uh -huh. don't let him get this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I had my uncle got time. COVID and... and my mom's a nurse and ended up taking him to the hospital and she's texting me, okay, what do we do? I'm like, don't do the remdesivir. Don't do the vent. Uh, here's, you know, here's the things they should be looking at. And, and it, yeah. it really is, you have to be your own advocate because these people are going to follow the CDC protocol, which is what's killing most of the people. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard at that conference. Uh, if you have COVID, the last place you want to be is at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So we have a powerful message to get out there for people to, to A, lose some weight, the obese yep. are at risk, increase your vitamin D, uh, uh, which ties very much into the, the obesity factor, yeah. um, but start taking responsibility for your health and yes. know that there are things you can do in a preventative way that will help you to diminish the level of side effects and, and harm that this does to you. And, and I would say to the people who are uh, vaccinated and injured, don't give up. Uh, I mean, there's, no. we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be. It's, it's looking pretty dark right now, looking pretty bad. But there are these treatments out there that are effective at treating COVID. And, of course, the spike protein is the, um, is the pathogen. It's what's doing the harm. It is the harmful element of COVID. So that's what's being yeah. produced by your body. And that's why you're getting sick. And I think, you know, one of the other things I've noticed, I, I don't uh, know if you picked up on this being a pharmacist and dealing with these people afterwards is that a lot of the athletes that are super healthy, my theory, they, they end up getting hit the hardest and are just some of, they fall, a lot of them end up falling into the, I'm always exhausted and I can't do anything yeah. anymore. And I think it's yeah. because they are so healthy they get that shot, the mRNA just runs wild and their body's really efficient at producing these spike proteins and they get a heavier dose than most people and that's why they end up vaccine injured. Did you did you yeah. notice anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I noticed that in myself from long-haul COVID. Okay. Um, you know, the whole idea that these spike proteins are, I mean, they're obliterating the mitochondria that is supposed to be carrying our oxygen around. So, you know, if you don't have, you can have as much oxygen coming into your, into your body, you can be on four liters of oxygen continuous and still not have your O2 sets where they need to be because yeah. the mitochondria isn't able to deliver it to it. Um, and that's a very, very scary feeling to not feel like you can breathe. So yes. I understand the fear then that comes with that also and how someone, you know, if I didn't have an awake doctor, I might've found myself, you know, three weeks ago in the hospital myself, but fortunately I had all the resources I needed. I knew what to do and, um, I'm still tired because I'm at the tail end of all of this, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm still tired, but, and I get some headaches once in a while, but it's, uh, it's manageable and it's not a reason to get this shot. Yeah, it absolutely is not. That is the last thing anyone should be doing. The COVID was designed for this shot, not the other way around. Yeah. And, and you, know. you know, the other thing I would <laughs> tell people is like, hang in there. 
uh, we're going to be in a very different situation, I think, in a, a month, two months, three months down the road mm-hmm. as this thing mm-hmm. continues to turn, as you know, as I see it. I, I don't know how they're going to continue yeah. with the current narrative when, you know, we've already, a couple of weeks ago, you had one of the news agencies that was like, do you know somebody who refused to take the vaccine and then caught COVID and it ended up in the hospital and they got like half a million comments of no, but we took the vaccine and here's what it did. Why don't you do a story yeah, about that? It turned and around on them. I know. It's blowing up in their <laughs> face because it is, it, we have reached critical mass. You got to get to 3% for something to like really take off and, and breach into the, uh, just the, the consciousness, the awareness of the normies, you know, and we're there. It's spreading yeah. very rapidly. Uh, and, you know, it's gonna, if we lose 10% of the vaccinated, we're in for some major shocks as far as supply chains and airline flights and cargo ships and all the, so just. Well, I'm not sure we haven't because the numbers are lies. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. in a global scale, you know. I, I think that's part of what's behind this breakdown and why nobody can find workers because some of them are dead, some of them are vaccine injured. And, right. uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, I just. All by I, design. They've, they've put it all in there so strategically mm-hmm. and it's a brilliant, it is a brilliant evil plan. And, I mean, you know, I started this channel talking about crypto and what's happening there. Government's mm-hmm. losing fiat money and they're trying desperately to hang on to it. And that's what this whole $600 thing is before, um, yeah. before they tried to get the, give the IRS access to bank accounts uh, with this, they had another proposal where the federal reserve was trying to make it a requirement for the KYC AML to lower that from uh, I think it's $6,000, which was set, 20 years ago when that was like 10,000 to $600. And they're telling you, we want to take it down to zero eventually so that we, the the federal government have access and the authority to override every single transaction that passes. So they, they are literally taking us to a place where they can decide, Oh no, Nicole, we don't like what you said. You're switched off and now you can't buy and sell. It's, it's literally the whole Mark of the beast thing that's in the Bible. And I'm a Quaker, not a Christian, but you could see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I had read about this quite a long time ago, quite a few months ago about this whole, this enzyme and luciferase. Mm -hmm. And at this conference, Christian Northrup brought it up um, again, because people have asked me for, you know, can you get me a vaccination card? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that won't do you any good when you're at an airport and they scan your arm and they don't see the luciferous glow up on your arm. And that's mm-hmm. starting to happen. So, um, you know, that is not the answer. The answer is to stand up and fight. Yeah, it is. It and is. Do you, don't walk in fear about it. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a time for the courageous and for the leaders to step up and make it take a stand make a difference yeah. and uh support the people that do really so. absolutely 
I've had a lot of people reach out to me and I'm, and I'm, and I'm grateful. And I tell them, you know, we all have a role to play and whether that's being on the sidelines, running on the people who are willing to put their neck really out there. Or if you're a prayer warrior and you just pray for our, pray for our country and these people who are trying to get the truth out there, um, there's a role for everybody. And it doesn't mean you have to quit your job and, in, in you know, in a big old way. Um, I think I think that everyone will have a role to play and um, listen to what God is trying to get you to do. You know, there's not going to be a middle pretty soon in this in this battle between the good and evil. There will be no middle. Like you're going to have to make a decision, and then you're going to have to live with it. Yep. Quite possibly for eternity. So, (laughs) you know, get right and figure out. And you know, you can't take your worldly possession position possessions with you so it's not why we're here we're here to grow and and have these experiences and develop who we are um do you want to take some questions do you want to take some questions from the audience okay so audience um i'll be i'll have you back on the screen here in just a second uh if you have a question use some asterisks for nicole and uh i'll we'll ask those to her there might have been some here i'm gonna just scroll up and see some of them know to do this. Yeah, and it takes them a minute to type them up and send them in. Oh, sure. Uh, you guys need need to check VAERS or CDC Wonder Database for flu vaccine deaths this year. It's normally 100 or so. Now it's tens of thousands. Huh. <laughs> How I, convenient. They're just trying to squirrel them away anywhere they can is, yeah. is what I think. Yeah. And we've also got this Mayberg virus. Is that what you were going to mention? Uh, well, interesting you should mention, because when we went to this, this conference in September, the American uh, Reawaken America Tour, um, the four of us that went, uh, one wound up in the emergency room and came home. One was hospitalized for a few days, and mm. my friend Leah and I were both treated by our awake doctor and did not get hospitalized, but it was a brutal three and a half, four weeks, and I can say that was a different COVID experience altogether than my first time. So I think, you know, there's, there are bigger, heavier duty bioweapon type things like COVID that are out there. They're coming. Um, and, uh, in talking with, uh, I was talking with American frontline doctors today about that. Um, it was not my imagination about that. And, and I, you know, you stare at all the chemtrails in the skies and, and everything going on. I mean, they've talked about how these viruses were being sprayed on our on the citizens. So um, I, I think we're going to see stronger, more virulent strains out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, the I vaccinated are driving that. Variants are, Variants are supposed to be weaker. So I don't want to say they're variants, mm-hmm. you know, but um, yeah. Okay. So somebody wants to know, uh, somebody saying great job, Greece from Spartans to something. I think they were just comparing us to Spartans. I don't know. Um, have you ever noticed any undercover COVID cops prowling around your pharmacy to ensure compliance? <sighs> So I had some patients that I discouraged from getting the shot. And then they came back after talking to their doctor and wanted it. And then I was reported by the, by 
you know, to the corporate office. Mm -hmm. So I always felt there were those people around. Now I'm pretty remote where I'm at. So, you know, they'd have to take a special trip to, for it. But I also mm -hmm. knew after my leave, because they knew my stance, I knew that there would be people coming around testing, uh, testing me. Yeah, I knew that. And, you know, my employer was not willing to make any accommodations for me for my professional opinion about this, despite for not try, having for, the package insert. For basically <laughs> just trying to give people some semblance of informed consent. It's like, no, you're yeah. not going to do that. Just give them a yeah. shot and shut up. Yes. And so finally, literally it was uh, about 10, 14 days ago, um, I said, my God doesn't allow me to kill people. Yeah. Well, the minute I said that, all of a sudden they sent me a form for a religious exemption. Well, okay, that's very kind of you, but you've basically told me that my professional opinion is worth nothing. And so I, I don't want to work for you. I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. Um, since, I mean, that's, that's how they all feel about pharmacists in general and in retail setting, at least yeah, they well, don't care. It, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a reflection of just corporate America. I I was in yeah. telecom for years and was doing studies where we'd go in and find fraud in the phone network and, you know, very complicated stuff. And eventually we yeah. got to where they wanted us to start doing DPI, deep, deep packet inspection and analysis of internet traffic, like at the neighborhood level, where we could see huh. individual users and what are they doing and do various studies and start collecting their data. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not comfortable <laughs> doing that. And the answer is, is inevitably going to be, okay, well, we'll fire you and get someone who doesn't have a moral problem with what we're being asked to do and what we're paying them to do. And, you know, I think to some extent, the, the corporate structure that we have today, the, the way business works today is a reflection of government because, you know, what is a corporation? It's a file folder that they give legal rights to and indemnify the, the bad actors from their actions to where, here, go yeah. out and cause harm, and we'll we'll cover you. We got you. And yeah, it's and like, in, the, in the same time, they're going to give money to the CDC Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, I know my employer certainly did that. Um, no, no conflict of interest there. Like, what's that about? And all the major chain pharmacies are doing that. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I haven't really gone too far down that rabbit hole yet, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're all working together and, um, you, you can't take down one without taking down, taking them all down. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think about what are people going to do when the reality of all of this comes out and they have to say, my doctor nearly killed me because he yeah. made me take this shot. Like what is going to happen with healthcare? Or, or what about the people who who come to the realization that it's going to kill them? Like their right. their right. immune panels or are, are, their antibodies are gone. <clears throat> their ability yeah. to manufacture antibodies in their body, that's decimated. And the next virus yeah. that comes along is going to kill them and they know who's responsible. I, I think we're going to see some retribution yeah. and street justice and these people won't be able to walk I down the street. And it, I not that I fully want agree that. with you, and I don't want to be—I don't want to be confused with anybody in that camp. 
I think that's one thing that has been important to me is like, I'm not going to be sitting at a Nuremberg trial because I did everything I could in my power and God knows, mm -hmm. knows that. So for those people who, who are on the fence or afraid to leave the paycheck for whatever reason, um, you need to get over it. They went this after low level people at Nuremberg. I mean, it was not just the leaders. They went after really? some of the corporations, some of the executives who were making the gas, who were doing all kinds of things to yeah. assist in the effort. And it's like, you know, like you said, I, I get it. People can be confused. There, it, there's so many layers to this thing, but at some point, at some level, it, it becomes so obvious that you're just willfully ignorant of this stuff. And, and then, yeah. And I think we're definitely there. Mm -hmm. I, I think we're absolutely there. I, it's, it's hard for me to fathom anyone, a anyone wanting this at this point, but they're still lining up, but just mm -hmm. the people willing to give it. And well, I, I mean, I, they're lining up because they want to keep their jobs and they don't understand the risks that they're taking, I, I think. And they're being pressured and, coerced into this um someone's okay. asking do pharmacists take the hippocratic oath or do they have a hippocratic yes, of oath? We do. okay yes we do and then uh <laughs> the thunder Cunder yeah. is wanting to know what percentage of people that you work with or used to work with uh know what you know like how many other nicoles are out there do you think <laughs> not, I don't. Not very so many. It sounds like <laughs> most of my technicians that I worked with were absolutely not willing to get the shot, and they trusted me. Okay. Um, but in terms of, I mean, we have, we've got a Walgreens, Walmart, Safeway, City Market, and a retail pharmacy in our hospital, all in this small little town. I honestly don't know any other pharmacists that are not willing to give this shot. Wow. Sadly. Yeah. Um, that's how, that's how strong this co cognitive dissonance is yeah. or the or how strong it, they're not willing to give up. I, I, their I describe them. I describe them as being captured by the propaganda. They're just, they're captured. They believe it. It's their reality and you can't really tell them anything different. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for the prayer warriors out there, we just got to pray for these people to have the veil lifted from their eyes. Yep. You know. Someone's asking about the scanning at airports, the UV light at the airports. So I've seen reports that somebody was told, no, you're not vaccinated because exactly what you're saying. Do you, do you have any more details on that? I don't have very many yeah, um, because at either. first I didn't believe that we were at the point with these injections that Luciferius was in them. Um, but being at this conference and hearing Christian Northrup talk about that, um, and then also seeing pa seeing um, more and more articles where patients are being stopped at the airports, or they'll get on the plane, they'll go to their destination, and they'll be picked up at the at the receiving airport for really? not being vaccinated. Um, so um, those stories are starting to trickle out there, um, and that reminds me your point about some of these shots being saline. I don't. No, if I, I mean, I question that because of the way these shots are distributed, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I honestly don't see a reason why they would put saline in any of them. They're not really doing a study. They're not really following up on, on these things, these drug companies, because they're not held liable. Why would they even do that? So well, I, I struggle if, with that. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't either. My thought on it, like, why would they do that? They can't make it too deadly all at once. And they know that we're going to have these boosters forever. So, you know, if, if they, and they need their success stories of people who took it and are fine. That's my ex-wife's argument is, well, I took it and I'm fine. And uh, all these people around me have taken it and they're all fine. So therefore what you're saying can't be true. And she has this yeah, ER doctor who's like just uh, totally captured by the, by the propaganda and talking about the sick kids. And it's like, well, how many of them have comorbidities? Oh, mo almost all of them. And it, right. and it just, it's so frustrating to deal with. Yeah. Well, and now where they're trying to get the approval to vaccinate ages five to 11, um, that's a whole new animal. They have no business giving this stuff to kids at all. I mean, yeah. there's no reason kids, they, they bounce back. They don't get as sick as, as us people do. Um, that's horrifying. So, you know, this is the time right now. People need to be seriously shook. Every parent mm -hmm. out there needs to be shaken and <clears throat> somehow wake up. Yeah. And it's, you know, you talked about crying, like I'll, I'll take a meditate before some of the shows sometimes and kind of talk with higher self and like just the whole, uh, this was around the time I was covering, um, the nurse that took the shot and fainted. Um, I'm trying to think of her yeah. name, but, uh, you know, she was on T did you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and she she died recently, didn't she? Yeah, I, I think she's dead. Yeah, same, same woman you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. I I mean, I did. It just I got so overwhelmed from covering this stuff all the time and seeing these people's lives destroyed and yeah, and knowing that like they're being fed this lie, like their their loved ones dead and they still are sitting there defending what killed them because they're just, they're ignorant. And it's right. It's so right. heartbreaking. I just wept for a while. I, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. And when I had, when I, right before I went out on my leave, I had told my coworker, you haven't seen anything yet. Cause at the mm -hmm. time it was mid June. So you wait till this, this next flu season, when people are challenged with viruses, yes. you're going to see a whole new level. You're going to see people, uh, you think we've seen death now, you wait, you wait because it's coming and it's all it's planned. Be undeniable. So, um, and so I'm, I'm grateful in that sense that I'm not standing in the, at the front counter hearing of these deaths in my face because I, um, I, I need to be sheltered from that a little bit. I'm yeah. not quite there to, to accept some of the patients that are, that, aren't going to be with us. I mean, just watching now, watching the obituaries and it just makes me sad. I'm like, Oh, my, my friend Joan died or, you know, those sorts of things that people are dying. They're real people. Mm -hmm. And, um, most of them are all vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, someone's asking here, uh, were you guys filling ivermectin? So I know a lot of the pharmacies are refusing to fill the prescriptions. And now the new strategy is, well, we're just not going to stock it. So it's not that we're refusing. We just don't have it. So we can't give it to you. And we don't plan to order anymore. Was that happening mm -hmm. at your pharmacy? 
Yes, that's a that's a, it's kind of a comp, complex question because the Board of Medicine and the Board of Pharmacy, they are watching who is dispensing and who is prescribing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. What I tell people, though, is when you bring that prescription for ivermectin to your pharmacy and the pharmacist asks you what it's for, you cannot say that it's for COVID. Okay. You okay. just say, well, I have, a, tip. I have some <laughs> parasite that okay. my doctor says I need this for or something. Yeah. Um, even it might even be, I haven't tried this one, but it would seem to me, even the physician on the prescription pad to say, this is not for COVID. That should be good enough for the pharmacist to fill the prescription. But once the patient says this is for COVID, um, I know I personally would still fill it. I don't mm -hmm. care because I know it works, but I know several others who absolutely wouldn't give the prescription back or keep the prescription and shred it. So uh, that would, would be the be, technique I would, I would use. Livid. It's not based on. Uh, oh, I would be absolutely yes. livid if somebody did that. Uh, like, yes. Yes. Just because it's so hard to find a physician who is, is aware enough to prescribe it. And then you have to go through that hurdle. Mm -hmm. That's insane. The, um, and the argument being that, well, it's not FDA approved for that indication. Well, neither are these shots. Yeah. Right? Like, right. the insanity. I mean, nothing and, makes and sense. And calling ivermectin unsafe is so absurd. I mean, they've given out, Absolutely. Pfizer gave out, or no, was it Merck, gave out millions of doses Merck. to cure river, river blindness, which is caused by a yeah. parasite. It, yeah. It's been widely prescribed, Nobel Peace Prize. It's got antiviral properties too. They don't want to talk about that. It's on the and investigational list. Sorry? It saved my life. It, it, ivermectin did because I mm -hmm. had the access to it. And this last round, I was very, very sick. And, and, um, it's, and I'm not sure I'd be here if I didn't have that. Yeah, so, well, yeah, so, so I don't have a... Um, a doctor's prescription for ivermectin, but I do have an imaginary dog named Fido. And I gave oh. him, I, I went down to New Orleans, brought my ivermectin and my imaginary dog with me. And yeah. I got uh, pneumonia, maybe with COVID, maybe without while I was down there working, you know, in these moldy environments after the hurricane, helping people gut their houses and, and uh, rebuild them and all that. Mm -hmm. And I took it, oh, sorry, I mean, my imaginary dog took it Right. And uh, <laughs> the next day it was the same, you know, I was coughing and uh, just not feeling good, kind of tired and all that stuff. But then the day after that, like it, it just cleared and I could breathe again. And then a week later mm -hmm. I was getting clearing crap out of my lungs and I blew yeah. this. I took a picture of it and showed it on my live stream. The it, well, it was, it was brown. Oh. It looked almost like lung tissue, but I think it was spiked. I was doing niacin and, um, you know, gave my imaginary dog the 30 grams of ivermectin. And um, I, I think like, I don't know why those two would be related. It doesn't make any sense, right? But hmm. I think it flushed up a lot of the spike protein, maybe the damaged tissue and just cleared it. Hmm. And so... I get into these debates with people on Twitter and it's like, uh, what, why you're, you're sitting here telling me that it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, firsthand uh, experience other tells me otherwise, because 
I've, I've had this, you know, I get, and my audience knows this. There's, there's been times where I hadn't, haven't been able to broadcast for two weeks because I can't even talk because it, you know, gets so bad and it's part of, it's mm -hmm. just allergies that I get. Uh, but I think I also get a cold or a flu with that some years and that mm -hmm. makes it worse. And I think that's what happened. And it's never gone away that fast, cleared up like that overnight. You know, yeah. uh, when I had the, swelling in my testes and all that. And I think I was getting spike protein exposure or MRNA exposure. It stopped yeah. up my ear and I had tinnitus, which is another one of the vaccine side effects that's commonly reported. Started taking that mm -hmm. niacin. And this was after a month of this year being completely stopped up and I could barely do the show. And I was mispronouncing words because I couldn't hear myself speak. It's very strange. Mm -hmm. uh, the niacin flushes, I could feel my eardrum pulsing with my heartbeat and it cleared the mm -hmm. next day. So, Beautiful. you know, the, they're not cure-alls, but to say that there's nothing to these and that they should be avoided is, is just crazy to me. Well, crazy and criminal. I mean, I spent the first 10 years of my career in hospital pharmacy. So I would be going down to the code blues and, and the various trauma codes. And um, I, don't, I can't think of a time where we were, you know, where I'm by the crash cart and they're doing the CPR and they're trying to bring these people back. And I don't recall a time where the physician didn't say, does anyone have any other ideas before we call this? That at the bare minimum should be when they say ivermectin. You know what I mean? But they're mm -hmm. not even willing to try it then yeah. when there's nothing left to lose. That tells you something's very, very wrong with the picture. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, well, someone's asking colloidal silver. Do you think it's effective against killing COVID-19? I think it's really effective. I think it not by itself, but I think it's 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 another tool in the arsenal. Um, that I also uh, feel very strongly about chlor uh, chlorine dioxide. Mm -hmm. And I've also done um, I've taken that too. The hydrogen, the hydrogen peroxide nebs. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's been a good thing too. And you know somehow. Our society needs to get away from sugar because yes. these viruses and cancers love sugar. Um, you know, and I like um, after my imaginary dog took the ivermectin, I got uh, like diarrhea and, and I'm almost wondering and it, it kind of went away and then it came back and now it's gone away again. I think I'm past it. Uh, but one mm -hmm. of the things I did was adjust my sugar intake. And I'm wondering if I had some parasites that got flushed out that were consuming all that sugar and now they're gone and that sugar is just triggering a, a flush of the system because like that's yeah. something I'll notice if I haven't had any uh, sodas, we call them Cokes, everything's a Coke here in Texas. Um, that's right. If I'll drink it. I'm, I'm from the pop state. <laughs> okay, yep, yep. If, I, if I'll drink a whole bunch of that, when I haven't had a Coke for a long time, it'll do that same thing. And I'm kind of wondering, is that maybe part of what's, what's going on here? So. I think so too, because there's times, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm on a pretty strong mission to pay attention to my body and I'm not working. So I've been allowed to, you know, regroup and uh, physically and 
spiritually and all mm-hmm. of that. And just to put more conscious effort into what I'm eating, what I'm shoving into my face. Yes. And I don't have that stress to just straight eat, and eat donuts that are just right down over there in the, in the aisle. So mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, you know, we, there are a lot of options to, for a person who wants to be healthy. Um, there's some no brainers like the sugar. And when you, when you get off sugar, I mean, there's a detox process with that. That is not mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah. Um, and it's cocaine. So, I mean, it's so close to cocaine. It's a, drug. <laughs> it's a drug like any other. So, um, it's not comfortable, but you live through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have tried different things and, and even, even something as simple, I hadn't had a massage in quite some time. And my, mm-hmm. my massage therapist does a lot of deep tissue work yes. for three days after that. I felt so crappy, but I think it was moving all this, these toxins. out. Yeah. The hot me. stones do that to and me. I'm flushing the body with water and getting it out. Yeah. The, the, the hot stones, if you, whenever they'll do that to me, I, I get up from that feeling drunk. Like, I, I don't know what it's doing, but it's, yeah. it's mixing some things up. So yeah, I've experienced right. that. All right. There's yeah. a question here that you're going to have to answer. Cause I'm not well versed on the Bible. Someone's asking Mark of the beast versus revelation six, eight. I don't know if you can answer this. The pale horse whose rider was death and brings per, uh, pestilence. Do, any thoughts on that? Does that question make sense or is it a little too? It's, uh, I know what they're asking, but I, okay. I don't sound intelligent in my answer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think so, we are at the pre mark of the beast. We are walking into that, you know, into that area. Um, the mark of the beast in, in my mind is not necessarily this shot. Um, but we're really close to it. It's, it's um, part of this whole process that's it's, being un, unrolled. It's a process. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Someone's asking if you believe in uh, other non-mRNA vaccines like Novavax will ever be available. Uh, many people waiting for those, but there's always delays. Do, do you think those are be- a better solution, safer? Any thoughts on that? Uh Honestly, I have no faith in any vaccination at this point. Okay. I think there, should, there needs to be a moratorium on all vaccines, whether yeah. your school wants to require it for your children. My dog is due for vaccinations. I'm questioning everything. You cannot uh, take at face value what that Tdap vial may actually have in it mm-hmm. um, because it's so important for them to get the mRNA into you. And they might protein. substitute it in the flu this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for them to say, Oh, it's no problem for you to get your pneumonia shot and the COVID shot at the same time. Um, there's no studies about based that. On what? Yeah, based on what right. Rochelle Lewinsky, exactly. she's the one who exactly. said that I, I saw that we played it on the show. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, so, same thing with so, pregnancies. It's like, what in the absolutely. fuck are you doing? Absolutely. absolutely. It, it just flat out angers me at this point. Me too. Let's have more, have more respect for life, you know, yeah. um, moratorium on all, on all vaccines at this point is my personal yeah. professional stance. So, uh, um, somebody's saying, well, and, and let me just comment on the vaccine thing. So what we did with our daughter is my ex-wife got the vaccine book, which gives you like a risk benefit, uh, breakdown and analysis and the relevant studies for each vaccine. Yeah. And then we went through and picked out the ones and there was, I think it was one of the MMR ones where I was like, I don't think she should get this one because the risk reward is just, 
it's too high. You know, there's there's just yeah. as almost as much risk of some kind of negative impact as of, of an illness that's really stands such a very small chance of killing her. I'd rather we forego that, but it's like, oh, well, you can't get that because they only sell it in the combination of three. So it's another way that choices are kind of taken away because of these uh, mandates. And I think we're up to like 37 compounds that they're injecting into children before they're five. That's crazy. It is crazy. And we wonder why the autism, autism rates are, are as they are. I mean, this, this is, uh, and it's exponential. Mm-hmm. So what I what I would say, first of all, I would if okay, you don't have to be fully anti-vax, and I was not anti-vax. Let me tell you, until yep. I started really digging into all this stuff about nine months ago. So, um, so I I get how crazy the anti-vaxxers look and sound. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would not get any live virus like the mmr is a live virus vaccine um the chicken pox the varicella is a live virus vaccine um the rest are not but we also have been lied to in a lot of ways with big pharma because they want to say that these vaccines have um eradicated smallpox or eradicated polio or whatnot. And it's not necessarily true. In those times, for example, you know, we talk about, we finally got some civilized uh, water systems in our, in our society. And water and they were on their way out. I mean, they were in decline by the time they got the vaccine out and then here they come, we've saved the day. It's like, no, you didn't. That's right. No, no, no. I would argue you would know. You know, so um, so the the love of being vaccinated in this country um, really needs to be questioned, um, and yeah. it's hard to do the due diligence with it because we are so censored. However, I have found it helpful to go to any of the sites that are really based in like England. Mm-hmm. Um, you get away from our news stations um, and you're going to get, you're going to get quite a different perspective, especially about thoughts and vaccines. There's been a lot going on in the world regarding all of that. Um, uh, In fact, uh, Bill Gates and polio in India, for example, you know, go down that rabbit hole or the Ebola or or the Jardicel in Africa that Mm -hmm. hurt so many young women. Mm-hmm. Um, all of Bill Gates' agenda. So um, hard to justify any of it right now. Uh, I, I think the the existing system is going to crumble and not going to survive this in the any kind of meaningful way. And I think the same of government, but for a different reason, because crypto is going to come in and replace fiat. And when they lose the ability to print more dollars and steal the value from the existing circulating dollars... Uh, they're not going to be able to fight their endless wars. They're not going to be able to afford their big government because they'll print it and because everybody's going to want to hold sound money in crypto instead of this fiat that's constantly inflating and losing value. Uh, that's <clears throat> that's what's going to happen. Their wealth is going to go into crypto and they'll buy in and out of fiat when they need to pay the government. And uh, right. it's what comes out the other side of both of these is 
probably something very new and very different from what we have today. And I, I hope that it's, uh, you know, something that affords more choice. Instead of the AMA, we've got three different versions of the AMA that have different philosophies that yeah. are competing in the marketplace and allowing mm-hmm. consumers choice. And, and I think that's how we get away from this. And we don't have this government that's regulating healthcare. You have these private, you know, UL is, uh, you go to Walmart and try and buy anything that, that plugs into the wall. It's going to have that little UL sticker for underwriter laboratories. That's not a government organization, but that's what you need to safely test products and bring them to the market and put them in stores like Walmart. There's no reason yeah. we can't have the same thing for medical care. Yeah. And, you know, when the when the Great Awakening happens in terms of medical care, um, like I can tell you, I have been spending more time on my herbal medicines and things yeah. like that that I didn't learn in pharmacy school. I mean, there's where we're going to end up. Yes. Going back to the very basics mm-hmm. um, and, you know, uh, natural medicines, um, all these things that were considered quackery and pushed out of a gen- uh, out of curriculums by Rockefeller himself, uh, that stuff is all going to come back. And mm-hmm. I'm super excited about it. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do in my future. Um, uh, I have no idea. But if I had to guess, I would say probably have some type of a business that is basically patient advocates. So I can help patients get through a navigate through a health system Yeah, and to help them with their labs, to help them detox from this garbage that's in us, to help them prevent uh, COVID, to help them wean off their big pharma meds and get onto the safer, more natural things. That I think would be um, a phenomenal experience and there's going to be a tremendous need for it. Yeah. I agree. So, I agree completely. Okay. But in, the, wanna, in the meantime, I'm going to be a big mouth and just squawk for a while to anyone who will listen. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, we've been on here two hours. I don't know if you want to wrap it up here. We can, there's more questions. I can keep going with those. It's your call. Well, I'm good. If there's, if there's some burning questions out there, I'm, I'm good with that too. Well, somebody here is pointing out, um, in the comments that there were at least two or three stories of people accidentally getting saline and having to come back and get the real jab over the last year. I've actually seen a, a big graphic where there's like dozens of stories like that. So if anybody in my audience knows where that is, send it to me. I'd love to retweet it on Twitter. I can't find it. It's one I want to send to my ex-wife as well. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. those stories are out there. Um, do you have any insight on how that could happen is the question. Well, I don't because in, in retail pharmacies, for example, um, and even in the health departments, you are not giving just saline. Like I don't have vials of saline that I could just draw up and pretend is COVID, uh, a COVID shot. Like that, that's not something that a typical pharmacy has access to. Those saline vials are usually in the hospital setting. So I suppose in some way they might do something in that type of setting. Okay. But it's hard for me to imagine how that would come about unless it's, you're getting delivered vials that are saline, but then how do how would they know? So. Right. And the way that like at first they were really strict about, okay, these are your lots and they're going to your pharmacy and they came from the state 
Um, but then we were getting some from our sister store and things are moving around to take care of people. Um, and if there wasn't like, if there were saline in some of these, I would think they would want to know where yeah. that was. Uh, and so I'm not, I, I'm just, I haven't seen enough to be convinced that that's the case. Okay. okay. It'd be nice to hear that. It'd be nice to think that people have been, yeah, that know, we've got a third of the people that think they're jabbed and they're fine. Yeah. And love not. that too. That would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, someone's pointing out this Liron Lab, L E R O N L I M A B. Liron Lab. Is that a drug um, you're familiar with? I'm not very familiar with it. It's uh, it uh, just by the name. I'm going to say it's a monoclonal antibody. Okay. Uh, and they're working pretty hard on on those. Yep. They're very expensive, uh, which again. Of course, they're going to push that because they're not going to make money on their ivermectin. Yeah. So there's big, big money that's going to help push that around. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying it won't help people, but there were certainly far cheaper options. And for all those people who don't have insurance or are underinsured, that's not going to be a reasonable op option for them. Mm -hmm. uh, someone's asking, any advice for when they mandate it for children five and up? <sighs> Yeah. Take your kids out of school. <laughs> you know, I feel strongly about that because I can, I can say I have an 11 year old that's in, in public school right now up in Thornton. Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't have, they don't have a mask mandate, but they were required to bring a mask with them to school. Well, it's come to a point where he's so uncomfortable because the teacher singles him out or shames him where he feels more comfortable wearing the mask than being excluded. So mm -hmm. just because your district or your school uh, is not requiring the mask mandate, watch for those type of behaviors from those teachers within it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it just makes me sick. Not to mention in the middle schools, they do have buses going around. They've got National Guard, they're in uniform. What's more intimidating than that? Yeah. Um, and they're offering hundred dollar gift uh, gift cards to Walmart for these kids to get vaccinated, and then you have like in my state, Governor Polis saying, "Well, you know, you don't really have to tell your parents that you're getting this." And what what the guy needs to be taken out and beaten after <laughs> saying something like that? I'm sorry, isn't that crazy? You mess like, with my kid like that, we got a problem. Uh, just to be that unethical, mm -hmm. that forward, and that public about it. That, I mean, that is, is pretty shocking, mm -hmm. but people need to know those buses are pulling up in front of the, the, the schools and they're offered, you know, a hundred dollars is a lot of money for a 12 year old. Yeah. So I've yeah. told my, my grandson, um, I literally will give you three times that if you walk out of that classroom and then <laughs> run out of the school building and go call your parents. Yeah. And I still don't know if he would be if he'd do brave it. enough because mm -hmm. he's not a leader, he's more of a follower. Mm -hmm. So you just got to pray for him. Uh, and for that reason, my in fact, here's a plug. My daughter, Courtney Potter, is running for a school board up in Adams 12. Um, and she she's on the same page with this stuff. So um, she's got a tough battle going against these very, very um, well-polished Democrats. Union endorsed people. Mm -hmm. So I would get my kids out of school. There'd be, yeah. I would not have another option.
Okay. Uh, let's wrap up with this question. I think it's a good one. All right. Uh, is there any reason to be worried about weekly exposure to trace EO ethylene oxide on the testing swabs? Now, this was something there's a guy, you know, most of these videos, they're sterilized with ethylene oxide, but it is a gas. And I know they go through like three vacuum purge cycles and flush with nitrogen and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- what are your thoughts on that? Is there still trace ethylene oxide? Because we do have, I think it was an FDA memo warning about overuse of ethylene oxide for sterilizing all of this medical equipment. It is toxic. Mm-hmm. It is harmful. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's not getting vaccinated and then subjected to these weekly swabs, are they getting EO exposure? What do you think? My personal thought is I'll never get another COVID shot or COVID test, uh, test again. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have saliva-based tests and they do have blood tests. Okay. I would be far more comfortable with those. Okay. Um, I wouldn't have them chuck do anything up to my pineal gland. That's, you're not going there. That's none of your, that's not your space. (laughs) And and there's people that are doing it without (laughs) any having much for experience and they're harming people. Yeah. And these little swabs, they, they have sticky, they have like spiky little things on them. Yeah. They may be harvesting DNA with those messing up the mucous membranes and what that does is allows other things to get where they need to go you're screwing with the blood brain barrier yeah i I know a nurse in new york that was tested weekly twice weekly i think and has permanent damage from being swabbed so many times so yeah yeah they're going to poison you one way or another so i don't know what what the answer is if you know if you're stuck in the situation where it's either that or lose your job there, there's, you have one there's, line. Yeah, there's still some risk there. I can't say that there's not, but no, that's that's your I choice agree. to make. So, I agree. okay. Um, closing thoughts. Anything you want to you want to impart on these people? Don't buy the lie about the Pfizer shot is not approved. Your pharmacist very well may say you well, it's the same thing. Don't buy that either. Um, so no, no mandates uh, can be made with the current that's on the market. So please don't buy into that. Um, I guess the other thing is to know who are who the other like-minded people are in your in your area. I have been so overwhelmed with the support of this this video. Excellent. Um, it's shocking, and but I feel like I'm aware now just because of the amount of support I've had in so many different ways, I absolutely feel we are the majority. So make your, make your voice heard. It's easier to do when you are, are amongst others and can stand together, but that's what it's going to take. Yes. I I completely agree. And sorry, I know I said that was the last question, but that just brought something up for (laughs) me. I think the government's counting doses administered almost as shipped, but I know a lot of this stuff's getting thrown away. Um, do you know anything mm-hmm. about that? Are the numbers inflated? Yeah. So, so every time a, a shot is given, at least in the pharmacy setting, um, it goes through our computer system. So they okay. know, uh, like with us in Colorado, there's the Colorado immunization system. And so, they know full well who has been vaccinated or not. 
Um, and yes, there is an experiment. There's a, there's a expiration date on those vials. Um, but we also have to account for those doses. We have to report those to the, that data system. So, um, they're paying attention. That. They have the real number. We don't know yeah. if they're reporting the real number or or I'm the propaganda sure number. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. Don't believe it. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Nicole, thank you. I, this is what it takes. It takes people like you who are willing to stand up and speak out and say, "This is what I was doing. It was wrong. I know better now. I'm not doing this anymore." Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope that this gives other people the courage to follow in your footsteps. I do too. I really do. And humanity is worth saving. There's beautiful people out there, even though work in retail, I would lose that glimpse of that, but <laughs> people, are, people are generally good and we're, we need to work together to, to save us for sure. Well Thank you very All much. Right. All right. We're out of here. Take Thanks care. everybody. Thank you. All righty. Thanks so much. I, I'm going to, um, I don't know. Can you hear me still? Okay. I don't know if they, I think, oh no, I don't have a, hold on. I got to start the video. I'll message you. Uh, I think it went great. Hold on, let me see if I can. I got zero doubt with my man brain. You keep calling me insane. Uh, Every single day, more XRP is what I obtain. No more cash, no more cars, only QR codes. Uh, no more proof of work. We run validated nodes. Ooh. This is the life that I chose. Yeah. They look at the cons, I look at the pros. I'm always bullish on the shows. Bullish. Now you want to ask about XRP? I am not telling. I'm not. Now you want some of my XRP? I am not selling. It's not for sale. Honestly, I just wish you will. Because I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever. Can't you tell? I just keep on buying. Why they telling me to sell? The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell. And that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever. Can't you tell? I just keep on buying why they telling me to sell The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell And that's when we prevail XRP taking the lead, come equipped with institutional speed XRP giving the go to proceed, don't listen to FUD, I know they mislead Trying to sell them but I know they don't care, ODL, don't nothing compare Back in the day I was willing to share, now I don't have any left to spare Saw some liquidity on demand, try to tell them but they don't understand Holding my ledger right hand, my hand, see the signs it was already planned Digital economy, it's already here I'm talking about the moon, they think I majored in astrology Haters talking trash, I think they majored in garbology Focus on my future, so I invest in technology Number one is where we ranking Come on. And if you don't have XRP, then I do not know what you thinking. Ah. This the time, this the year, this the place to be. How the strong all day long doing it faithfully. Oh. Keep that negative energy far away from me. It's not our fault that we seeing something that you can't see. I got my hands on some all-demand liquidity. Oh, yeah. And I'ma hold on to it now into infinity. This the greatest wealth transfer the world will ever see. But I'm not talking, I'm about to go buy me more XRP. Cause I'm XRP for well. I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell? I just keep on buying why they telling me. Out of shell, and that's when we prevail. I'm XRP for well, I'm XRP for life, and that's forever. Can't you tell? I just keep on buying why they telling me to sell. The whole world gonna be shocked when XRP break out of shell, and that's when we prevail. Ow.
well. XRP for well, I'm XRP for life and that's forever, can't you tell, can't you tell?